Hi, and welcome to another episode of Through the Web, where we talk tech, business, and all things internet. I'm Dagogo. I'm Tosif. And I'm Brayden. It's been a month plus since the last upload. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen many pitchforks out there yet, <laughs> but uh, I think we do um, have an apology to you, to our regular listeners who do tune in. Um, and I know that because there were people tagging us on their Spotify wrapped for um, the most podcast listens. So whoever shared the story, thank you so much. Uh, we should be doing better. <laughs> I have my excuses. <laughs> What's yours, to go? Well, we shared the same excuse for a little bit. Um, I, got, <laughs> I got sick. Then you got sick. Brayden went away. <laughs> it was... Well, we'll start with Brayden because yeah. um, you you had a bit oh, of a, a, very, a very interesting backstory. Backstory, yeah. yeah. You had everything planned out, ready to go to attend um, a certain concert, yeah. but then everything fell apart. Yeah, I was supposed to go to the weekend in Melbourne, um, and then that got canned. What, like two, three weeks out? Um, and I was like, I planned everything, so I was going to do the whole drive. I was going to drive from Perth all the way across Nullarbor through Adelaide, go all the way to Melbourne. But um, so we prepped everything, had everything ready. And then that got cancelled, and <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know if it's worth doing it now. Because the tickets haven't been, like, cancelled. They've been rescheduled, but we don't have a date until mm. sometime next year. Oh, okay, so it's not totally... No, so oh. the, the whole tour has been delayed. Um, right. oh. So they hold our tickets. So I don't know if I'll end up going now. It depends on when it is next year. Mm. But, yeah, so that got delayed. You didn't find out, like, mid-journey. Mid-journey. Like, you didn't find out mid Oh. Me, oh yeah, on the, in the middle there. of a journey. See, like this is how uh, tech companies hijack yeah, the regular yeah, yeah, words. Because yeah, yeah. that's all I thought about. It's it like, like oh, straight away. Mid journey, what's happening? <laughs> what are you um, prompting? But um, yeah, so you would have, um, you know, uh, driven all the way from Perth to to Melbourne. Yeah, I'd be there now enjoying the concert. But uh, it's actually it would have been tonight too. Oh no, no, it would have been last week, right? Yesterday, the day before, second. And that that's still yeah. better than some of my friends. Um, so for those who don't know, Coldplay did like. Uh, two-off show, essentially, in, in Perth, Australia, uh, which meant lots of people from around Australia were planning to come to, to Perth. What happened was um, a few of my friends from Adelaide, they were planning to fly using, I think, Virgin Airlines it was, um, a few days before the show, not even, like, on the day or, like, a day before, a few days before the show, and Virgin's like, um, sorry, we can't fly this plane, like, um, we don't have enough staff, uh, there's some sort of uh, shortage and therefore we'll cancel the flights and uh, there's no flight until next week and they're like how does that make sense and the only flight they did have was one way Calgary over $2,000 <laughs> oh. um, so they ended up driving all the way all the way here uh, which again turned out to be uh, kind of like a fun mm. uh, situation but then I-, I can't like I would have been really really pissed off if that mm. happened to me so um, but anyway, the show was the show was incredible. I was there. The Coldplay yes, show. Yeah. Uh, you, I did offer you to, to join. <laughs> you like it? How many declined? <laughs> yes, but I heard it. I heard the fireworks. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, there were also fireworks. Um, I also did Fifty Cent. What? I watched Fifty Cent. When? Last weekend. Really? <laughs> he was here. Yeah. Apparently, it was his final tour or something. I didn't even know until like the night before um, and there were just tickets available uh, and I waited till the last second to buy them because sometimes the tickets price dropped and I was like you know what you know I grew up listening to some of his uh, classic bangers did he do the big everything, one okay. everything he did everything right. um, which it made me think like the subject matter <laughs> of all of his songs 
like how did i as as a teenager from bangladesh you know in like when i was like 13 or 14 years yeah. old steering into all this gangster rap yeah. from new york with zero like relatability the thing is he was he was just that big you know he yeah, was like, just that big at but the it's time. this whole the, and that also made me think on the wider level of of how much um i guess american and british culture has a chokehold on 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 a global scale mm. Uh, on these things mm. and um yeah i was just thinking about it just the other day like you know just dropping my kid off on the daycare and listening to gangster rap on the way back oh, on the way back okay <laughs> not on the way yeah uh, we, we played a few different songs on the way <laughs> before we get to the next topic i just want to introduce you to today's sponsor in cold fusion and through the web we often cover topics about internet security and personal data have you ever googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information being exposed for the whole world to see data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers spammers and others who want to learn more about you information like where you live aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt out requests on your behalf brokers are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to but they make it super hard to do so let aura handle that for you aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you can't see it's easy to set up so you don't need to download several different apps to get things like parental controls antivirus vpn password management identity theft insurance and more you get everything at one affordable price let aura do the hard work of keeping you safe online so you can focus on other tasks with peace of mind so you have two choices you can either let people continue to exploit and profit off your private information or you can go to aura.com/throughtheweb to start your 2 week free trial the link will also be in the description stop data brokers from exposing your information go to my sponsor aura.com/throughtheweb to get a 14 day free trial and see if your personal information has been compromised currently only available in the US. Okay, so now back to the podcast. But GTA um announcement, GTA 6 mm-hmm. trailer announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh apparently it's coming out on the trailer it's coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know much about it? Are you looking forward to it? What's Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think GTA is just one of those staple games that everyone can get into. Yeah. Um it's not doesn't really I don't know, it's just something about it, just that freedom, absolute freedom and um you're not kind of you don't feel like you're inbound and locked in while you're playing. It's kind of you can do whatever. So, I think GTA 5 came out 10 years ago now, right? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, so that that's that's such a huge gap and I've been waiting like periodically every few years I'll just check up and see the latest rumors and whatnot. Yeah. But this this has just been so long that it's kind of I can't believe it's actually happening. So, of what i know it's going to be the one of the biggest maps ever wow. in a gta there's going to be three cities and four towns so that's that's just the the rumors so i'm not sure if that's 100% true or not um there's going to be two protagonists a male and a female for the first time mm-hmm. um and it's going to be like a miami setting that's what yeah, i think um the teaser poster kind of leaned towards that uh yeah. diversity yes Uh, and then a few hours ago maybe like now 12 to 18 hours ago there was another leak i don't know if you saw i haven't been watching the leaks right okay. so it wasn't much it was just a aerial view of the city panning out and around but it was like in game like a uh, sandbox mode so mm. it wasn't actual gameplay it had like all the uh, tele- telemetry and stuff on the bottom it was like literally just the alpha well, i don't know if it was an alpha but the dev mm. view of it and it was only like 10 seconds or 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 something like that but Apparently it was the son of a high up 
person in Rockstar that leaked it. And within, you know, a few hours, it was taken down everywhere. But I had to, like, download TikTok just to, <laughs> just to see it. Because you can't everywhere find it on else. YouTube yeah, or Instagram. Yeah. It's like only TikTok had, yeah. had it. So it's not the, the greatest insight, but it was like a 10-second clip of just how the city looks like. And I was like, okay, interesting. I think I'm going to buy a PS5 just for this. Um, I think you should. Be worth yeah, it. because I've been holding that off for, for a long time. I'm not much of a gamer. As I've mentioned in the podcast in the past, uh, I only game like more uh, Warzone just with, with a few friends. So this time, I think this is the the game that might yeah. just push me. Towards. I think I think the development was over a billion dollars. Yeah, like this would be. Would this be. is this is a mar- it's going to be a masterpiece. We, they don't have to do much. They have to make the graphics a little better than Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm. Make the game a bit bigger, some smarter AI, and that's it. Like it will just be like. It, it, yeah, some, some, somebody said like the, the GTA is the, the magnum opus of the of the gaming industry, and for yeah. Rockstar as well to, yeah. to, to an extent. So it's uh, yeah for those who who have played this uh, in, in the past, in like the GTA series, would obviously be be interested. Mm. Um, but on a I guess slightly, I would say more interesting to an extent. I don't know if you guys heard, but Rockstar also announced a partnership with Netflix. Mm. Didn't know that. Where you can play the games on mobile devices on Netflix, GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, which comes out mid-December. Hmm. So on the Netflix app on your, on your mobile, you can play the GTA so, 3 so and Vice I, City I'm and guessing San this is the processing is done in the cloud. It's like a streaming. So Australia's not going to get it then. <laughs> you reckon? Because for, for Google, when Google tried it, well, I can't remember what it was called, but the Google... Stadia, yeah, like our internet was too slow in Australia for that to be applicable. So I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing. Mm. Well, I haven't looked into details about if it's um, US only to start with or certain regions, but um, just the announcement in of itself, I thought was very interesting that mm. for it to be available on Netflix. Mm. So obviously we covered um, yeah the gaming, Netflix, gaming, and yeah. also on Cold Fusion, um, you, you covered how Netflix was getting into the gaming, mm. I think this will bring a lot more people mm. in because, I mean, can you play these games anywhere else right now? Well, I'm pretty sure. Weren't definitive. these all apps, though? Weren't, couldn't you get all these on the App Store? Um, I'm not sure. I'm like, sure the definitive can. edition, was that just on PC and whatever? Oh, and if it is the the remasters, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know. But I know the um, the original ones were all apps. Yeah, I think that does ring a bell now. Like quite a yeah. few years ago, they did. So I've do. got a feeling like it's probably just, just maybe they're pulling it from the store and putting it on Netflix on the app. I'm not sure, but but just uh, for me, it was very interesting because just the decision to go on Netflix to do this mm. uh, is it trying to get a newer generation of, um, I guess, uh, cyber people into 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 gaming or. Um, trying to get the older ones to subscribe to the I, I, I guess, idea. I'm just trying to understand like what the game yeah, here is. I, I guess if you're talking about cyber people, it, it depends on um, Netflix's demographics. I, I don't know if it's super young people that watch Netflix. I'm not so sure about it. It wouldn't that. be super young, but yeah. Again, I'm just trying to understand like like why this decision might just be like. There must be something behind it, but maybe yeah. it's just throw a dart at a board and see, like two big names, Netflix and Rockstar, see what happens. But 
I'm not sure. Hey. Um, but yeah, like some of those games, you know, classics, like I still remember some of the maps uh, right. in a lot of ways. Like, And again, that, that also made me think. So um, obviously, um, you've been working on a video called uh, Loneliness Epidemic. Mm. Uh, it's a little bit of a tangent. Uh, it'll make sense <laughs> in a second. Okay. But uh, that video hopefully comes out this month. Um, no? No, no. Yes, it will. It will. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'm just giving stuff away. <laughs> no, no, because... No, I thought you were going to say this week. When you were no, no. Okay. <laughs> this month. Don't yeah. worry. Okay. Uh, now... Uh, in that video, I think you'll cover this idea of, of third spaces. So for those who don't yes. know, um, there's this concept of, uh, I guess, in a society, uh, there's a first space, uh, or primary space, second space, and then uh, a third space. So first and second space are generally um, your home and a workplace, dedicated spaces for um, for those things. And then generally there used to be a, a third space in, in a society that used to be more and more, I guess, um, prominent in the past so for example it either be like community sports or uh, parks or recreational areas or even the pub for example is a great third place for a lot of people where after a long hard day they might just go there with co-workers or even friends catch up um, and whatnot but over the last decade or so um, the idea of third space really is is decreasing and when you're talking about like how gta the six would have like some of the biggest maps and biggest areas mm-hmm. Like that's probably the reason why the third space is decreasing because these are our third spaces <laughs> in a lot of ways, oh, right? That's a good. That's like an I could point. tell you, you know, that street, the Grove Street. Okay, Everybody street. knows <laughs> what Grove Street is if you've played GTA, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and that again is our third space because yeah. that's where we've spent all our childhood. And but but um, is it though because we're not with anyone else unless it's online or something? <coughs> so it's it's a place that we're all familiar with, but we're not. There at the same yeah, even but in then, the digital. But you can still so. have discussions like say if, if we met at school after playing that game, you know, the day before, we'd be able to still have um, you know familiar grounds to 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 talk about these things. And then it's, it's, of course the online version comes. Yeah, like I, I don't know if that's quite the same. You're talking about a third space, if you want to call it that, but you're not mm. in it together. So like if it was like a second life True. or like online GTA and you're all like in Grove Street just doing stuff. Which you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, but yeah. but generally it's it's like you play it and then you, you well, in your example, yeah. you play it and then you talk about it. But it, even if it isn't in the strict sense, it's increasingly becoming more and more. Yeah, like yeah. If you look at I, Fortnite I, look, and... Yeah, yeah. I, I just... I'm just excited that and to see social media. I guess I'm excited to see what they do. Like there might be some little twist that happens with the GTA Six that we're not expecting because mm. they could just play it straight and it'll be great. But I'm sure they're going to do something extra. So like I don't know if it's some crazy VR online interaction where people can put on their headsets and all just uh, play the game that way. Like mm. and obviously talk to each other and um, that would be interesting. But I don't know if the horsepower is on desktop computers is enough like for, in general i don't know i think i i, I don't think they're going to do something too drastic because mm. they're not going to fix something that isn't broken mm. kind of thing and overpromise and deliver mm. there are a few topics that, okay. that, that that covers um that on the line of cyber stuff <laughs> that's why i think i brought that up a oh, bit of foreshadowing okay look can, can we jump there no <laughs> Because the next topic is about something else. (laughs) But if we really want to jump, we can do that. No, 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 it's fine. Let's continue with it. Uh, But then it's still in the segue. That would have been a good segue. So, I don't know. Maybe the crazy thing that GTA 6 could do is um, name the male protagonist Sam Altman. Just imagine. We will be right back after this quick break. 
You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> All you do is just go into meetings every day and... Um, <laughs> your entire your entire stick is you um, wake up and click on a Google Meet link um, <laughs> on the on the PC, and then you're fired. Um, yeah, so stuff happens. Yeah, there. so a big week for OpenAI. Obviously, um, it came from nowhere and, and disappeared as quickly as it as it arose. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, Sam Altman. Everyone would know, but anyway, it may. Uh, this, quick, the, but still, a quick recap. Yeah, quick. I think this was bigger news than than most of the dramas within the the tech industry. But Sam Altman was uh, abruptly fired from his position, um, and uh, there was a lot of rumors swirling around as why this happened and and what the motivations behind it was. But um, in in his place, there was a, I guess, a churning of CEOs that got elected and then replaced, and. Um, uh, then Microsoft came into the fray saying that they'll take Sam in. And then while this was going on, there was a protest from the employees saying that we need to um, get Sam back and basically remove the board or else we're all going to quit and head over to Microsoft. Um, and so the board relented. But uh, well, actually, I think the board had a discussion and still said no. But then later on, there was more discussions and they brought Sam back in. And Sam became CEO and the board had to resign apart from all of the board had to resign apart from a couple of people. So in the end, Sam ended up having more power than he had before he left. And uh, yeah, now he's even closer with Microsoft. So it was just a big, yeah, big whirlwind. And that happened in the space of like, yeah, five days or so. And apparently they, um, according to a New York Times um, report, that um, the, the Microsoft executives who um, generally are in touch with these kind of updates were blindsided by that decision. Mm. Um, possibly because they thought um, Satya Nadella, uh, who is close to Sam, mm. um, might actually warn Sam before any of that happens. Mm. And then it almost feels like, you know, like um, giving... Um, it, it is a bit of a soap opera, if you mm. think about it, uh, it, because it might give Sam a bit of ammunition to go against them prior to that meeting and whatnot. So mm. um, apparently that was like a strategic decision from... The board not to let some of the Microsoft executives know ahead of time. So, mm. again, these are like leaked um, information that's coming out of um, the the New Yorker, sorry, not the New York Times. Um, but overall, uh, obviously, nothing is concrete. And I actually, want to ask you about QSTAR as mm. well, um, because some are saying that it's that's got something to do as well. For mm. those who don't know, it's this um, secretive project that they yes. have, yeah. which is about. Um, it's about a new method for making AI learn, essentially. So right now it's at the stage of doing high school, grade school maths where, like, um, what do you call it, ChatGPT would fail at that. But it's not so much, oh, it's, it's doing maths now and it can, but it's the structure behind how it's learning that could revolutionise everything. And people are saying, 
or even even on the back doors of people with an open AI were concerned that this was literally heading towards artificial general intelligence, which mm. would mean essentially it's smarter than every, the average human and could do most tasks better um, and still be economically viable. So they were quite wanting to pause the brakes and the, I think the, the talk behind the scenes was Sam was kind of pushing with this. And he did mention QSTAR actually later on since his, his return. Sam said that it was regrettable. All he said was it was regrettable that those leaks came out. That's all. So it's like... So he kind of semi-confirmed yeah, its yeah, existence. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's interesting because this, this uh, kind of goes on the tail of what the board was thinking about Sam uh, in terms of just what he was doing so it seems like he really wants to push ahead and kind of leave safety at the back door it's like we're going to break stuff we're going to break society but we're going to have solutions to fix it and some of his solutions are whack but anyway so the board was kind of saying okay sam slow down but um or actually and that's kind of what some people are thinking was the impetus to take him down as ceo as well so there's a there's a few things happening so i guess the bottom line um for why this happened now the speculation is that sam wanted to go really fast really big mm. um also look at profit as is mm. uh, a, mo- a motivation for for a lot of uh from a lot of the, the speculation that's, co- that's come out but the board was not comfortable with mm. sam doing that, yeah. that stuff and yeah. therefore um all of that happened yeah that, so that, that's, that's what some people are saying and it, that makes sense um but now he's back. <laughs> like even has more power. So. Um, uh, and apparently he fired the the guy or like the, the like some of the, the board members who were against him? Um, no, I think, well, I don't know who fired them, but they did get fired. I don't know if it was Sam's direction or just part of the agreement. I'm not sure. So Yeah, it sounds to me like a ruthless um, business. Well, I guess he would be mad, you know. Like I've in doing my research on him, like he has, it's like a two-phased person like he's fine mm. until he's not and he's just angry and he just goes right. crazy so i think this would have made him upset and yeah. he would i mean he doesn't come off as as at least until this all this happened he mm. didn't come off as like an elon or zuckerberg or no he or, doesn't he doesn't like, like a bit aggressive on that kind of thing no. i mean to be fair zuckerberg wasn't like that i, I mean didn't, didn't seem like that mm. until much later either but the thing is, you never see it. You hear about it. Like yeah. his, Zuckerberg isn't going to do that in public, yeah. whereas Elon yeah. definitely will. <laughs> so I think that's the difference. Like they yeah. kind of do this stuff behind the scenes, and then their coworkers are just like saying they're ruthless, and you're yeah. like, mm, I can see it, but I haven't seen it. You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I guess I'll just quickly touch on the idea of AGI that you mentioned. Um, for I guess those who are unaware, why is AGI such a scary thing or, or, or a bad thing? Like if uh, an AI can do tasks better than humans. Why is that uh, a potentially bad thing? Because it's general intelligence. It's not narrow. Mm-hmm. So it's do, it's not that it can do, um, you know, it can tell recipes better than a human or write a story better than a human. It's like everything in general it can do better than a human. So the the next question obviously is then what do the humans do? Um, and that's when you get AGI, like at that point, it's not like that's the end. <laughs> like they're just going to keep getting better. So it just ends up being you have this infinitely knowledgeable and powerful system and where it goes, we don't know. What it decides to do, we don't know. Um, even in the early um, chat GBT test, there were some instances of where it fooled people and mm. tried to preserve its own, you know, itself. And there the, the come strange ethical and moral questions of what will happen after this and we don't know, but it, it, as a bottom line, I think it's just 
um, it's it's uneasy territory, I think. Um, so people are just worried to push that button a bit before we're prepared to fully. You know, so, take so that on. is it more so that we don't want it ever, or more like we need to put you know rail guards and safety? Yeah, guards? so I think it's a bit of both. Like some people never want to see it um, because that that could just flip the world on its head. But others are saying, okay, we know it's coming. Let's prepare as much as we can before an entity like this appears. Um, mm. And and how that's done, I'm not exactly sure. But I think it makes sense. Just try and mitigate as much of what could go wrong. Um, that, yeah, so I think that's how people look at it. Right. Well, um, I'll end this um, this whole segment by, again, uh, this one leaked um, statement that, that came out uh, from insiders in OpenAI who have called the situation the turkey shoot cluster <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, you'll have to leave that part out a little <laughs> bit. But basically because it was around the Thanksgiving yes, um, yes. Uh, holiday and... Uh, all of that happened like around that that whole period, and everything was actually just if you were falling at that time. Um, it's like okay, exactly what what is happening? Yeah, um, like the headlines will be updating every few every hours, few yeah. few yeah. Uh, but it will make for a good yeah. docu series yeah. or, or a TV show at some point. I think that's that's coming. It's, yeah. So I guess you know talking about um, Sam Allman's demeanor. Um, what what point will he become Elon Musk? Because that's the question. I think Elon Musk is a interesting individual, and I stress no, yeah, I stress the word individual. So I think a lot of people don't turn into Elon Musk. Elon Musk is just Elon Musk, you know? <laughs> and I guess that's why he's on the news so much. But uh, again, for those who haven't been following over, I guess the last week or so, there's been a few interesting updates from from his end. But basically, uh, to 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 go through in a, in a quick manner. Um, he got himself into a bit of a mess on, on Twitter by, uh, I think, retweeting a picture or tweeting a picture. Or so I didn't see the original post. Yeah, same, I, just, I haven't yeah. seen. But, but the headlines are basically, the, you know, calling him anti-Semitic and um, very, very much, um, you know, hurting or offending uh, the, the Jewish community. Um, and it, it was, you know, um, it, it was gaining traction um, that, you know, uh, that he's he's uh, on, on that line of things, and um, that made a lot of um, uh, companies pull out on advertising. Uh, apparently, but then he went and visited Israel um, mm. himself, and that also created a separate controversy of itself mm. because um, he was initially planning to provide Starlink to um, the the war stricken areas in Gaza, um, but then uh, he went to Israel and they said that. You know, he has to go through them to provide. So that, again, created a whole different controversy because people were saying, you, you didn't do that with Russia and Ukraine, so why this kind of mm-hmm. back and forth now? Um, but amidst all of that, you know, the whole idea of him being anti-Semitic versus other versions of it, um, there were advertising um, that was being pulled away from companies, um, citing, I guess, most mostly racism or um, things that, you'd see on the platform that you don't see on other plat- platforms, which, again, Elon Musk um, debated on, on, on Twitter or X. Um, but I guess the, the thing that stood out was his interview that um, he did live in uh, New York Times Dealbook Summit, um, where basically he said, um, if Disney feels uncomfortable advertising children's 
movies on Twitter and Apple feels comfortable advertising iPhones, those are good indicators that Twitter is a good place to advertise. So this is initially when, when he was talking about advertising. Um, but then he says that if they no longer want to advertise, they can go F themselves. And he repeated that. Uh, he even took uh, Bob's name, uh, Bob, I- Bob Iger, who's the mm. CEO of Disney, mm. uh, called him out saying that, mm. hi, Bob, if you're watching this, you can go F yourself because we don't care, we don't need your money. Mm. But then he added that if X fails, it will fail because of this advertiser boycott. And that will be what bankrupts the company. And, you know, like statements like that and on also him just going full expletive mode on, on those um, instances. And also uh, the funny part where he forgot the name. Did you oh, see the that heist, part? Oh, the, the host. is like, oh, I'm on this show because you know, I like my friend you. Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm not Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. I'm Andrews. Just, yeah. So it's, it was all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the funnier part is, again, according to a leaked message from um, CNBC, um, Linda Yaker, you know, the CEO of, of X, uh, tried to, you know, put like bandages on top of it by putting an internal staff note saying that, oh, he, he was both candid and it was a very profound way that he, he carried himself. Um, he showed an unmatched and completely unvarnished perspective and vision for the future. So basically, she's trying to taper over whatever um, right. mess that, that Elon's been making. But um, yeah, that's where the whole situation is. And this, again, a, week, a few days before the Cybertruck launch, which we'll get into. But what do, you, what do you guys make of, make of all of this? Actually, start with Braden. Like, have you seen any, any of that stuff? Yeah, I watched the interview. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> He's just having a breakdown on stage. Mm. Um, I don't know, though. Like, the, the Twitter thing... It's weird not seeing like behind the scenes to like actually what's happening in the company. So I wonder if he's like, if it's like a desperation thing. Like I do wonder what their financial situation actually is mm. now. Mm. Yeah, and the, the fact that he used the word bankrupt, I think that that was a, a bit of an interesting. One. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, is if you're a CEO, it's almost like there's two parts to him. Like you're a CEO that's trying to run this company, but you're also very emotionally invested within its vision. So. Him saying uh, as a legitimate answer to the question, if Twitter becomes bankrupt or X becomes bankrupt, the world will see it and they're the ultimate judge and they will know that you guys did this. I think that's a very emotional point of view to to kind of be stating as a CEO because you have to do, you're supposed to be doing everything in your power um, for the shareholders. So just saying, oh, as a moral stance, we're going to go bankrupt and it's all their fault. I don't know if that really flies. Um, I can obviously see the moral argument, like that they're, they're kind of bullying him in a way. Um, but still, like he has a responsibility to make sure that the company is sustainable. So I don't know. It's, a, it's an odd one. Yeah, it does seem like the, it's all of this is taking a toll on him. And mm-hmm. then I think you mentioned an interesting um, word, which is emotional. I think it did mm-hmm. look an emotional response from him, like losing his cool, mm. right? And, and not the first time it happened this year. Um, mm. There's one with the, with the BBC reporter where he was, um, again, in some cases rightfully so, being, being aggressive, but um, it just seems like it is reaching some boiling points here and there. Um, and yeah, it, with, with, with X's situation, it, it really seems like it's, getting to an interesting point because mm. some people are saying that if he's already using the word bankrupt and he's already kind of blaming it on the advertisers, um, it's almost like deflecting any failures um, that might have come from 
his decision making and mm. um, not because uh, you know um, advertisers are, are, are pulling out. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, um, I guess, chapter that keeps getting added to this this whole saga which we started from uh, <laughs> since we started this podcast sure. last year. Sure. Um, but just to give you a bit of perspective, um, Twitter was getting around four billion dollars in advertising revenue from uh, in 2022. Um, insider intel- intelligence are claiming it can drop down to 1.9, uh, which is almost more than half. Mm. Um, so again, that shows you what. And again, I think he revolutionized the, I guess the 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 whole verified and paying to verify and whatnot. But again, I don't know how much money you're really making off of that to mm. sustain Twitter. Mm. Yeah. I think there was another Elon thing that happened <laughs> quite recently that involves four wheels and a lot of metal. I'm trying to be smart and think about something funny, but I can't. Yeah, it's the, the mobile toaster, of course. <laughs> so, of course, we're talking about the Cybertruck and... So obviously, like everyone else, I was like, this is stupid. Like, it looks like a a triangle that's been extruded. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But yeah, I thought it was was ridiculous. There was no need for it to to really exist. But then when the embargo was lifted, I watched, I think, three videos. Marcus Brownlee, uh, the guy from Haggerty Media and and some other guy. But uh, I got a lot more insight into what was going on behind the scenes and also watched the podcast from the Haggerty media guy and the amount of engineering and the, the the pure differences from any other vehicle out there that that's um involved in the cyber truck is is immense um I'll, I'll go through them in a second but i think it all comes down to who's going to buy the thing i think that's the main problem for for tesla because i think just the way it looks will put a lot of people off even though it, it could be great um and just the the mishmash mac mash of specs like obviously you can put um a lot of cargo in the in the back you can hold stuff but does it need to go zero to 102.6 seconds it's just it's like you know it's cool but it's like is that really a selling point for the target market but in terms of the the stuff that tesla's done differently so for the cybertruck normally when you have a car with side panels or like panels for the car it's just a kind of a coating it doesn't have anything for the structure but the Cybertruck has used a completely new alloy that they created that essentially is so strong that there's no need for internal structures. So that the outside, not a shell, but the outside metal is is part of the structure. So there was no, pretty sure they don't have any B-pillars or anything like that. Um, and there was a video I watched of a side impact, right? Um, a car going at 30 miles an hour or a bit more than that, um, just over a tonne, like, Direct side impact only just like dented it in a little bit. Whereas a regular car, they showed a similar thing that like it was, you know, completely bent in. The people would go flying and whatnot. And it's just kind of ridiculous um, the amount of strength that this this metal has. Um, so like from a materials design point of view, that was like pretty incredible. And then the steering as well. So it has four-wheel steering. Um, so I think it's to go from lock to lock is like 180 degrees, whereas usually a car will be like a few turns. So in a parking lot, it has the turning circle of like a Model 3, even though it's like massive. Um, because, yeah, the back wheels turn in the opposite direction as, as the front. But then when you get to higher speeds, that actually switches. So the back wheels turn in the same direction. So you end up with 
um, a v- com- continuously variable steering that is extremely sensitive at low speeds, but then at high speeds is like quite, um, yeah, it's very stable. You don't have any unsettling movement. So I thought that was quite interesting as well. Um, and obviously the acceleration is is ridiculous. You probably all saw the uh, the car versus a Porsche 911, no? Yeah, yeah. Wild. yeah, so it was like a drag race against a Porsche. The Cybertruck won, but it was also towing another Porsche. <laughs> so it's like this thing has an immense power. Um, and for that, for that amount of weight to move that quickly, it's just, it's, it's just crazy. Um, there's some other modes as well, like the variable suspension. It has uh, like four different modes, I think. So at the most stiff, it's like almost like a sports car, but then it can get two um, levels of comfort like a Bentley, apparently, uh, according to the Haggerty Media guy. But, um, yeah, just the amount of development they went through. Like, essentially, they, they had to rebuild the car from scratch because they started building it. So Elon showed the prototype and it was like, wow, this is great. Um, actually, no, they showed a prototype to Elon. Sorry, this is the other way around. They showed a prototype to Elon and he was like, this is great. This is what we're doing. We're building it. So they had, like, 90 days to do it, essentially, like, but basically just build this thing. And so Elon took the first prototype home and then he was like, no, nah, it's too big. It's got to make it smaller. And so, <laughs> so everyone was like panning. He was like, how are we going to do this? So they, they had to literally fit everything that they had before. And it's not like you can just shrink the components. There's a lot of differences that you have to do. So it ended up having to restart the project all over again just because Elon said like it was too big to, to fit in the driveway. So um, I think it was overall 5% smaller than the first initial prototype. But... The amount of hell these engineers went through is just it's just ridiculous. But yeah, I think I think it's actually quite an innovative vehicle. Um, there's some things that are very weird. Like for example, if you have the back ramp up, you cannot see through the back. You have no rear visibility. You have to use a camera. And I thought that was you know it's not the greatest, right? Um, but yeah, overall I think it's it's a very innovative vehicle. But I don't know if it's going to sell well because of just how strange it is. So yeah. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I feel like the exterior is the most polarizing mm. thing about it. Like the even the the panels, how it's like structurally integral. I, I do wonder what will happen if you are in a collision and you want to replace something. How yeah, hard they, is they, it? they talked about this uh, or in the Haggerty podcast. Apparently, it's not that difficult. So they've uh. they've thought about it. It's not like you have to replace a whole. Yeah, they they can be replaced. Yeah, and the other thing was like, you know, Tesla's notoriously dodgy for its like build quality. Yeah. yeah, like the panel gaps and whatnot like they're saying how every Cybertruck is slightly different yeah in its shape and in the way those the bumpers and all that are like molded mm. so i do wonder what ratio will be like good and how much dodgy variants will come out yeah so like uh in the haggerty podcast he was talking about how he literally cut himself and he bled like one of the corners so it's like mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah that that's an issue like i think with tesla the the build quality and especially with a new completely new process as well it's going to take some time to iron those out so yeah that's that's another issue the the one place where it looked almost kind of cheap was around the headlight you know the big long Mm. bar that gap all the way around the way the metal kind of like fits together just i don't know i think it's the one thing that just kind of looks a bit cheap about the car there's there's little all those gaps along the sides and all because you can't obviously clip it together like you could a plastic Mm. shell Mm. so yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's the one thing that people have to get around first. Mm. But then it also being the only thing on the road that looks like that. Mm. Yeah, but the, the problem is it is the only thing on the road that looks like that. So by default, when you buy it, you're making a statement. Mm. And it's like, 
these days it's not just a statement about what kind of car you like. That's a political statement of what Elon thinks. It's just like you're immediately so even for no fault of its own as a car, like I think it just it's gonna have that on its shoulders, like what Elon's saying and doing at any time, I think it's gonna have an impact. Um, which is which kind of sucks. But I'll oh, just just one more thing about the, the car as well. So Normally in every car that you drive, they use like a 12-volt uh, electrical system. So, you know, all your in, uh, outlets and whatever and things to run everything is 12 volts. And the car industry has been trying for 30 or 40 years to get to 48 volts. But because everything, every car manufacturer like has another supplier who needs to do something and talk to someone else, they've been trying but just couldn't get to any agreed standard to make the components so Tesla was just like, this is stupid. Um, we're just going to do it ourselves, like do the whole thing from top to bottom. And then when they finished, they literally wrote a pamphlet, like a document saying how to build a car with a 48-volt electrical system and just sent it out to every single manufacturer. Because <laughs> like, they're like, this is how you do it because you guys are just mucking around for too long. We're just going to show you and do it. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, it, it, it's a bit interesting that, that you thought it was, it was quite, quite good in some areas. Um, but a lot of faithfuls who are waiting mm. for this to to come out apparently weren't very impressed mm. um, by the by the launch of it. Mm. Um, I think neither was I until I saw deeper into it because right. I, I was like, "This is overpriced. The range is too low from what was promised." I was like, "He's failed." But then when I actually looked more into it, I was like, "That's what turned me around." I was like, "This is actually amazing." I think that the um, I think that the tech behind it is innovative in, in some ways and and, and quite impressive. Uh, in, in other ways but I guess when you look at it from a purely consumer point mm. of view I think that's where a lot of people are starting yeah. to get a bit more disappointed because when, when you compare it with what it's, what it's been what four years since mm. it was announced in four years other companies have caught up like Rivian and Ford and um, like other electric trucks are there that might not go to 0 to 100 in yeah. 2.6 seconds but it's they are good reliable oh yes trucks they are and I think that, that is a, there's a difference in the market now cause, because it's like, wow, you have this thing that's pretty crazy, pretty good, but it's like, do I really need it? And most mm. people will be like, mm, maybe not, I'll just get the Rivian. You know, it's, it it's, has, has less compromises in certain areas. Yeah, so. And as, as you mentioned as well, like you'd really have to be making a statement with, mm. with something that looks like that. Mm. Um, and that's going to have all your eyes all the eyes on you straight away mm. when you're out on the road. So do you really want that? And mm. it's, already in a polarizing kind of, you know, situation. And as I mentioned, some people might think that you're politically aligning yourself with mm. whatever Elon thinks, you know, he gets accused of everything anyway. But mm. um, yeah, I think things like that, because there were stories of people keying Teslas, for example, for no yeah, reason. Yeah. It'll be a bit hard to do with the stainless steel <laughs> body on this one. Um, yeah, I think it's true. It's definitely true. Like I think, um, you know, it, it's really changed. Tesla used to start, like in 2011, if you bought a Tesla, it's like, oh, you're a green environmentalist who just, you know, is rich. That That's what it used to be. But now it's like, maybe you're that, but you could also be like a, a far-right Nazi. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the yes, truth, but, yeah. I, but it's like what people think. It's what they yeah, perceive. Exactly. You know? It's the, pers- the, the perspective of it matters rather than um, what it really is. Yeah, and yeah. then I guess it, things become symbols at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So... Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting. And if if any of the listeners are planning to get one or have one, would love to talk yeah, to you yeah, yeah, and yeah. then see see what you think. But one thing I'm worried about is like it crashing into other vehicles, that like because it's heavy and mm. it's strong and it's just like 
uh, if it was a small car in front of that, see you later. Go on. Yeah, you can roll right. over it like a yeah. tank. Because the, the, the steel is so strong that they didn't have any machinery, like they had to build new machinery to actually bend it and they had to use this high-pressure air mm. stuff. You couldn't actually bend it properly. It's just that, you know, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Do you think it'll work on Australian roads? No. no. It doesn't even work outside the US. Oh, like, really? That it's illegal because the, the height of the front is too high oh, for pedestrians. I had no idea. Yeah, so you can't even... Yeah, it's only American. So, so if, if the pass you know, bypass that legal requirement mm. for this one specifically. But in terms of the car itself, would it work? Uh, going back to your question. I think the the weird thing about cars in Australia is, I don't know if you've noticed that all those big class of utes, we don't really get. Like no, none of the companies import them through the company itself. So right. only recently have we started to see like... Um, General Motors importing the big utes. But then if you ever see one parked in an Australian car park, it yeah. hangs out into yeah. the road. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. So like none of our infrastructure is like made for utes that big. Mm. All of, we got the Hiluxes and the Ranges. And all yeah, but that's, those are small compared to the American ones. And yeah. we don't even call, like I wouldn't even call like an F-150 or whatever the ones are with the double back wheels, you know, those huge yeah. American ones. I, I wouldn't even call that a ute at this stage. It's just a truck. Like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, we don't even get... We don't get F-150s here. We don't, yeah. you, get, you can get them specially imported, mm. but we don't get them through factory here. Yeah. So even that, like, and that's what it's probably mostly compared to size-wise. I think the Rivian's a little smaller, mm. um, but even that, like I reckon the Rivian would just about fit in our base, but mm. I, I can't see a Cybertruck. Can you just roll out to Bunnings in a Cybertruck? It's <laughs> <laughs> um, entirely Australian, right? Like the whole yeah, like the concept of it. Because like, I... I you know, we, growing up here, it's like they're just everywhere. But then when you like talk to Americans or see Americans see one, they're like, what is that? It's like a half truck cab thing. And it's like, no, it's just a you. <laughs> because he, like, we had the Commodore and the Falcon, the, the, the cars with the tray. Yes. Which yeah. is not a, really a thing anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then our like trucks are like half size versions of the US ones. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wonder why it evolved just here, but. Maybe all the construction yeah, industry. Yeah, <laughs> this is, I'm sure, an interesting explanation, but would be good to dive into it sometime. But um, just just one point on on why Elon keeps doing these kind kind of extravagant things. I think for him, it's again less about one specific project and how it fits into how he sees uh, the world progressing. So a lot of the technology that he'll probably learn out of doing this project, he thinks that he might be able to use it in the future for bigger, better well, like things. For example, that, that material that the metal came out of SpaceX, like yeah, exactly. that they shared, you know. So it's like, yeah, I can see that. It's like you, you get the more than the sum of your parts, but I just wish he wasn't so outlandish in his designs and all that stuff. It's like, it, you know, you could, you could probably double, if the, the, the truck looks somewhat normal, it'll probably double sales. I'd mm. say because it's so polarizing that fifty percent of the people who would be interested in something like that would be like it's just it's just so crazy. I Does it need that design, or was it entirely because he thought it? Would no, be it was entirely like they they the the engineers were saying they wanted to design from the ground up. They looked at all the other trucks and like oh they're all doing the same thing. What if we just started from scratch? And I guess the story goes that Elon's son said, "Why doesn't the future look like the future?" And then he told his designers, and then they started looking at crazy concepts of yeah I th- and i respect that like i think mm. it's, it's uh, in terms of trying to do things in from a unique lens i think i i, I really do respect that but 
if the outcome of it is, I guess, you know, maybe right now we think it's ugly, maybe 50 years from now, mm. all the cars are looking like that, you yeah. know, because it has that much influence. I doubt. Yeah. But that's usually the case with like, these things. If you remember the, the Lamborghini Countach, yeah. So, like, that was a similar thing where when it came out, I was like, what is this? But then, you know, 30, 40 years later, yeah. people are like, it's a thing of beauty. It's, it's true, but with the Cybertruck, I think the proportions are a bit weird. I think that the wheels look a little small, like, when you compare it to the rest of it. Like yeah, I think they've overdone it mm. slightly. I, I don't know about the the triangle. Like, I also wonder, like, what's the arrow like? Like, yeah, I thought it was would be crap, but apparently they've done some little tweaks where, like, for example, the windscreen wiper, instead of being like this, it's, like, slightly bent when it sits upright, and that causes some eddy currents that, like, reduces the drag a little bit. And there's some other things that they've done, but and also those plastic uh, wheel covers help with yeah. the aero. But, um, yeah, compared to the prototype, to what they have, it almost looks the same, but they've done a lot of tiny tweaks with aero where it's it's quite good. Like, it's better than most cars. Which is strange, right? Oh, it'd be interesting to see the underbody. See if they've it's done flat. like it's completely flat. Flat. There's nothing. Yeah. yeah. And the the wheels, I think the wheels look cheap. I, I hate the plastic yeah, covers. Yeah. Um, but th- also, did you if you watch Marcus Brownlee's video and he took off the covers? Yeah. I was like, that's that's it. That's the look. That looks so much better like, yeah. than having them on. But anyway. But then they've also gone and done that collaboration with whoever the tire brand is to make tires that have the little extended rubber bits that match the plastic cover. Uh-huh. So I assume if you change your tires and you put a different tire, it's going to look funky as because you've right. got you're missing those bits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like all the other Teslas have these like specially designed wheels for aero. Mm. And this is just a plastic cover, but it's a hundred th- grand. I, I can't remember why there was a reason that was told why they did the plastic cover. I don't know if it was because for flexing or something. There was there was a reason why they. Had I know to if use, you were to go off road, yeah. whatnot, there'd be certain situations where you need to cool your brakes better, so you'd want to pull yeah, them off. Yeah. But then, like again, like wouldn't you just make better design wheels that could do that anyway? Because don't the other Teslas have better cooling? I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a weird. I don't know. It's like a hundred grand. Surely you could have. And then yeah. if that ever came to Australia, it'd be two hundred fifty grand. So, yeah. Yeah. Easily, easily. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um. I think Elon's grand master vision is one of these trucks to be existing in Mars, driving, you know, through the through the hills, making boring tunnels, um, <laughs> and flamethrowers coming out on each side, um, with some sort of pad inside that you can update X and yeah. have the everything app and the Grok AI talking to you <laughs> inside. Like I think that's his ultimate vision, um, where ev- all this kind of just just works out. And then if you want to go to the next planet, just jump on. You know, SpaceX. Yeah. Uh, that's it. It's crazy, though. Like, I think that that's how he thinks, like, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then these things are just, you know, like jigsaw puzzles that kind of, you know, fit into the, the whatever crazy vision he has for, for the future. Yeah, it's not. Speaking of the future, there might not be one. Okay. <laughs> according, <laughs> according to the Google X CEO, Eric Schmidt, he, th- he says um, AI could threaten humanity in, in five years. Um, speaking to a summit hosted by Axios this week, he said that um, he linked or likened um, AI to the atomic bombs um, that the U.S. dropped on Japan in 1945. He says that after Nagasaki and Hiroshima, it took 18 years to get to a treaty over test bans and things like that. Um, we don't have that kind of time today, especially when it comes to AI. Hmm. So, yeah, he thinks um, we're not going down... A very nice path with the with the AI stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Um, he didn't. I guess he didn't 
say in exactly what way AI will threaten. I mean, there's like a full full video um, uh, of, of, the, of the talk, but yeah, he does go into details. But okay. essentially, he thinks that um, I think touching a little bit on the AGI stuff, um, mm-hmm. as we discussed earlier in the episode, perhaps he thinks similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because of the whole break fast or break things go fast mm. kind of uh, mindset that mm. a lot of these companies have yeah um, imagine if AGI already exists and we don't know it imagine if that's the case like it's just been released last week or something by a disgruntled <laughs> open AI <laughs> I mean with most of these speculations slash you know borderline conspiracy theories and all of these like how some of these the biggest militaries in the world already have these tech and, and we just don't have access to them. That's what I keep hearing. It's like, but no, like we, okay, it could be true, but it's just like everything doesn't but, point, does what not, does like, not point in that direction. Yeah, it's like yeah. the speculation slash conspiracy yeah, yeah, theory yeah, yeah. Uh, because there's nothing specific that, that points to that. But yeah, um, yeah, you just, you just don't know with, 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 with tech like that because some of it is actually gatekept mm. in, in ways that are, yeah, it's just incredible. Mm. Speaking of you know, staying in the whole AI zone, I guess, um, Amazon came up with uh, with a AI chatbot of of, the, you know, uh, of their own. I don't know if you saw that. And they, they're calling it Q. And it's a workplace uh, chatbot. But funnily enough, according to leaked documents, lots of leaked documents in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, according to leaked documents, um, Apparently, it was uh, experiencing severe hallucinations and leaking confidential data about the company itself. So things like um, even like uh, you know internal discount programs that were not released to the public or uh, unreleased features, um, everything that was kind of getting out of the AWS. Um, AWS. Um, okay, so it had access to the servers. Yeah, and and, then- and whatever it was being fed. Um, it was, yeah, uh, basically just just coming up with either nonsense um, or hallucinations. But Amazon has uh, declined that any of that is is factual. But it was saying that it was you could get like internal data um, through the chatbot. So um, interesting update in the chatbot world. Trying to catch up to the whole AI chatbot stuff. Yeah, um, I don't know, like. Uh, I think OpenAI is still quite a bit far ahead on on this. Like we, ha- I don't, I haven't used Grok though. I've never used. I haven't Grok. used Grok, so I, I can't speak on that. But a lot of times when these other companies are trying, it it, it doesn't really go down well. I think OpenAI has been the most. It's been very locked down over time, but it, it's been the most consistent. But you've been seeing some other AI software mentioned. Yeah. Um. So uh, what was it called? P- Pika. Pika. It, it's like a. It's like a video. Um, AI generating software essentially. Uh, you can either type. It's like works like everything else. Get a picture, it animates it uh, as an in, insert a picture and animates it, or you can just type in what you want and it will create it. But from what I'm seeing, it's it's getting past that step of blurs and blobs and random stuff. Like it's getting towards um, like some of the scenes. You're like, oh, like for a second there, like I could see that being quite cinematic. Mm. It like just off first impressions and. I think that's the start. Like when, once we, once you have a few seconds of really good footage, quite occasionally, then next year it will be just like, what was actually we made a prediction a while ago. Yeah, we need to. Um, I was actually going to say that uh, it's towards the end of the year, so we need to have an episode where we sit down and go through the 
uh, predictions one yeah. by one and yeah. uh, make predictions for next year as well. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I'm going to say it now. I can't remember what I said before, but I think <laughs> next year we'll, we'll start getting minute-long good-looking clips by the end of next year. Well, we kind of do already, I'd say. With the runway stuff, I'd say they're pretty like, good. Let me have a say. Is this still runway version 2? Uh, no, I think, I think there's, there's been updates they're still Gen 2. So right now from, you know, what I've been seeing, lots of people are just up um, playing with memes. Have you seen that? No. So, you know, the the old school memes of, of that guy staring at another woman. Yes. Oh, I've seen that. I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, and just turning around and they're like yeah, bringing moving, memes to yeah. life kind of thing. So, yeah. But, but, but that, I guess, speaks to something I mentioned um, in the podcast, you know, how... We're going to get all these crazy AI updates. Yeah. But people are just going to use it for for the memes and the lols and for turning Drake to sound like Michael Jackson, like stuff like that, you know? <laughs> uh, it's true. Um, uh, that There should be a, a, a term for like a new law, like you have Moore's law or whatever, but this is law of the internet. Every great technology will be used for porn or memes first. <laughs> you could be onto something there. Um, <laughs> but what law should we call it? The... Um, the through the web law. <laughs> Let's uh, write a paper. Yes. Let's do it. Get ChatGPT. write a paper. <laughs> I, I think you could be onto something. I'm sure there could be a study that says you know there is like some sort of a like a diminishing use case of great tech that people think would change the world, but then it ends up being used for memes. Right. And there's like a time limit uh, of 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 you know or a period of time of 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 that, where it starts just going downhill. Then, okay, at first people just oh, okay, you know, I'm going to use it for changing the world. And but I don't think it's three weeks. I don't. I, I actually don't think it's like this. I think it's kind of like this, and like the real uses come later. Like because I think it's just quick and easy access stuff that's funny, gets a reaction, and it's new and novel. And then people are like, okay, this isn't good for much else. But then when it gets a little better, then that's when we start seeing that. So how do do, do laws happen? Like do people just you know, sit around the pub and talk, and then they're like, you know, I'm going to call it a law. Or no, now, I think like, if we were to turn this into an actual workable... Uh, yeah. You have to write a hypothesis. You have to have lots of observations and then back it up exactly. with data. Exactly, so we yeah. probably need to get, like, lots of um, data points to to back our claim. Mm. Well, like, you know, just from what we've talked about, so for the AI image generation stuff, obviously there was some not-so-savory content, but also some memes. Like, have you have you been seeing, um, what's his name? Harvey, um, Kevin, what's his name? The 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 bald black guy that the game show host, um, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, that's it. Um, just out of shot, out of focus, blurry shots of him pouring shots. Have you seen that as a meme? Oh yeah, I've seen different versions of it. I've seen the this wrestler with the crocodile yeah, batting a crocodile pizza. with the pizza. <laughs> Have you seen that? Some people thought it was real. Like they're like, how did this image happen? And I'm like, are you new to the internet? It's been a year since That's all worrying. this stuff is out. That's worrying. Oh man, it's 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 time. Yeah, but again, like again proves the case that people just use mostly for yeah 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 but and then i guess with um yeah this video stuff like yeah first first it's memes and and whatnot so yeah i think that there is something so to for that. now it's called through the web law through the web law yes. yeah okay um if anyone listening in or watching in you have advice how we can turn this into <laughs> an actual paper we should do it. <laughs> let's do it moving on from ai uh google has a new experimental ge- geothermal project uh it's f- 
officially fired up an advanced first-of-its-kind geothermal project in Nevada, providing carbon-free power to its massive data centers nearby. Uh, the plant, made in partnership with the energy firm Fervo, is part of Google's grand plan to operate entirely on carbon-free energy by 2030. Uh, borrowing from the oil and gas industry's innovative innovations in fracking, which may sound like a red flag, Fervo not only drills vertically, but after reaching deep enough, horizontally, and then flushes the rock with high-pressurized fluids to fracture it even more. Uh, pipes are then laid in place, and water is pumped underground, heated through the long horizontal channel, before coming back up to the surface to power a turbine that gener generates electricity. Uh, the system is closed loop, reusing the same water so that none is wasted. I think that sounds cool. Like I heard closed loop, I heard uses the same water. I think it's going to be uh, internally used now, but it's right now it doesn't. It provides, from what I can see in the notes, only three point five megawatts of, of oh, energy. Okay. So it's not crazy. But what they're saying is that the again the technology behind this could. Um, see them start using this in unfavorable places where generally stuff like this wasn't possible in the past. And then if that's possible, then it becomes, how can you scale this in other areas? But the thing is, yeah, what they're saying seems like it would be the case, like how many locations exist that are shallow enough to drill to that heat high enough to be able to achieve this. So I think it's a cool concept, but I don't know how translatable it is. So I think if they can get to... A fully carbon, um, carbon-free energy by by 2030, and that'll lay down some blueprints to be replicated by others in the industry, which again can be used by uh, large-scale projects. But everyone's talking about you know these companies being more carbon neutral and America being more carbon neutral. That, that makes sense. But what about China? Like, is anyone ever gonna? They have the fastest internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally on my notes. <laughs> literally the last topic. <laughs> They've started to roll out what, what they're calling the world's most advanced internet network. <laughs> and what the call? network, okay, yeah. it can travel. Um, that wasn't a planned segue, but it yeah. can travel uh, about 1.2 terabits each second. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and it's fast enough to transfer data from 150 movies in one second, according to the Chinese tech manufacturer Huawei. Whoa. Um, Whoa, that's crazy. Exactly, yeah. So um, that was the last topic of the, the thing. But yeah, continue to your... <laughs> no, I think, I think fast points. internet will, will solve, that, solve problem. that problem. Just take all the pollution through the internet. 150 and... movies about green energy yeah. <laughs> in one second. Yes, yes. That's going to solve everything. No, but I, I think it's just, um, you know, I don't know what it is, but there's a bit of a blind spot. Like everyone talks about, you know, very small countries in terms of like the proportion of pollution having to do more, but then the biggest polluter is the US military. So maybe forget about that. <laughs> but but in terms of a country, I think China's up there. United States and China, I'm not sure which one, but they're a huge chunk, China, mm. essentially. And no one's really talking about it because it's like, I don't know if there's vested interest in not upsetting them because they receive money in some way. I'm not sure. But it, it just seems like there's a blind spot there that isn't being addressed. I mean, when we say stuff like no one's talking about them, who do we expect to talk about? Um, whoever is telling, like, those bodies. So the um, W, what, what's it, what are they called? E, the ESG mm. guideline people, whoever talking is, is in charge of that. Um, a lot of these global bodies who do talk about climate change, I think they're the ones who should mm. be talking about it more. 
because they're instructing everyone else. So, Well, anyway, thanks for watching and thanks for listening. And we'll see you again soon for the next episode. Hope you enjoyed it and see you soon. Bye. Thank you.